I'm I'm trying to buy a um a new pair of glasses. Oh yeah, where are your glasses? I'm still in the process of buying them. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you'd bought them. Because you showed me a picture. You were like, what do you think of these glasses? And Are they too square? Are they too thick? Are they too black? I thought it was, are they too big? Yeah. You were concerned that they were like gigantic square things. That occupy half my face. That's the worry. I don't know. I mean, you're currently wearing a pair of glasses that basically everyone in Hong Kong is wearing, it seems. No, everyone's wearing Harry Potter glasses now. That's the new trend. <laughs> Two bottle top, bottle tops, tops or bottoms, bottle bottoms. Are they what, like big round glasses? Yeah. Is that what's in fashion? Yeah. Oh dear, I don't, I don't understand fashion anymore. I have them pushed to me. I don't think, either fashion is very progressive here or it's just. Fashion in Hong Kong is just weird. I think fashion, I think fashion in Hong Kong is just very unfashionable. (laughs) I'm not in tune with local fashion, clearly. Then again, I'm not in tune with, with like fashion in general. Have you seen, cause you know what's fashionable now is trousers that kind of like cut off just above the ankle. Have you seen this? Yes, of course. Yeah. And I know it's very fashionable, but I personally just think it looks like you bought trousers that were the wrong size. But then this is just a sign of getting old. I think it's really bad. Like I can tell that I'm just getting old and this is fashionable. And yeah, I can't help but just think it just looks like you bought trousers that were the wrong size, but that's literally like something a grandma would say. So I can't buy you a pair of trousers that are too short that cut off at the ankle. Well, I'm sure it'll be very fashionable. I'm sure I'm just gonna have to get used to it. I'm just gonna have to get used to it. <laughs> I guess it depends what you're wearing on your feet as well. <laughs> like what? Giant clown shoes, bear claws. Then you'd be the epitome, the yeah, epitome the... of hipster style. Because <laughs> there's a fine line between accidental hipster and true hipster, and. I've, I've, I've used hipster twice in a positive sense. There's a fine line between, you know, true hipster and homeless person. Can you say that as well? <laughs> I just did. So going back to glasses, it's a fine line. I can't even tell whether glasses are for men or women anymore. I'm so behind with fashion. I'm like, are the lines too much? Is there too much detail? Do, do you know, do, do I look like Dame Edna if I squint a little bit? You're not alone. You showed me both these pair of glasses. And I'm like, they just look like your current glasses, but in slightly different aspect ratios. That's, ob- that's obviously fine because the glasses I'm wearing right now, when I was in the shop, the attendant also said, these glasses look just like your current glasses. Like, I like my current glasses. And they were like, okay, it's your money. Do what you like. And I was like, I will. Thanks. I had the same challenge as well. If I could buy the same pair now, I would. You haven't even spent those ASOS vouchers. Oh, I know. I really need to do it. Get yourself a pair of those trousers that are too short for you. Oh, no. <laughs> I just won't wear them. I don't want to wear them because I'll feel ridiculous. And I wonder what colours in trend nowadays. I remember there was a time when salmon pants were in. Oh, dear. Salmon pants. No, what's going to go with salmon pants? A yellow belt. A yellow belt. <laughs> like a nice mustard belt and maybe some dill-coloured socks. And then you'll be back in the game. <laughs> be back in the game. Can I wear like a new potato coloured t-shirt? I don't know. I'm just going on what it would look like on a plate. <laughs> so long as you don't. So long as you know what not to do. And that's not to follow Kevin's lead. <laughs> not? Wait, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. There were too many negatives in that sentence. Don't not follow Kevin's lead. So follow Kevin's lead, right? So I should buy a backpack that looks like a tiger. Studs. Studs the way forward. 
more than a hundred on your body at a time. <laughs> more than a hundred on your body. Okay. I'll get right on it. I want to talk about planets. Okay. I, to, I really want to talk. Did you see the link? Did there was a link for you to click? NASA telescope finds 10 Earth-like planets. You read the detail. The headline's a bit clickbaity, if I'm honest. What do you think? It means nothing. I don't know. What does it mean? Why haven't we found aliens? Because. That's the question. It's an open question. Yeah, but you're the one who's on Reddit. You know all, you know all the conspiracy theorists are saying. Oh, forget, forget Reddit conspiracy theories. That's a load of... Oh, my goodness. That's like asking... That's like asking the crazy person, you know, shouting at the cat to explain to you quantum physics or something. But you're the one who's reading Reddit daily. I'm I'm going on Reddit for amusement value, not for, like, scientific inquiry. Can you imagine that? Professor Stephen Hawking is like, oh, I'm not sure about black holes. Let me ask Reddit. (laughs) No, it's the... I wonder if any kids have quoted, you know, there was a time when we were studying and we'd... when When we got desperate, you'd quote Wikipedia as a source. Or the internet as a source. I wonder if anyone's sourcing Reddit. Oh, almost certainly at this point. Well, I'm sure Wikipedia must cite Reddit at some point. It's like the whole Wikiception thing where someone puts something on Wikipedia and then they say citation needed, but then someone then quotes the Wikipedia article that needs a citation and then they use that citation of Wikipedia as a citation to satisfy Wikipedia. That's not done ever. Tell me that's... No, this has happened before. There's this, there's this whole problem where... There was, oh, sorry, this is like a massive, this is a massive tangent, but there's a guy and he on Wikipedia, it said like his age was like 37 or something, but he's not, but it said he was. And then he was interviewed and they put his age in the interview, like say, oh, so-and-so age, whatever. They took that from Wikipedia. And then Wikipedia then obviously read that newspaper article and used that as the citation for like how old he was and then he then comes along and goes uh no my birthday is this and says, i'm sorry you're not a credible source we need a citation it's like it's me it's my age i'm telling you and they're like i'm sorry but unless you're quoted in a in a credible source we can't change it and you're like do you want my birth certificate you know like well it's not on the internet so no it's no good you know it was like some farcical thing that happened and then of course there are a whole bunch of stories about this and then then allowed it to be changed but it happens Anyway, anyway, where are these planets? Where are the, no, it's the Fermi paradox, isn't it? And the Drake equation. Like, given that we found a whole bunch of habitable planets, and given that basically every star pretty much seems to have planets, where are all the aliens? Where's life? Maybe it's just incredibly rare. Maybe civilizations don't last very long on the cosmic scale. And the chances of two civilizations existing at the same time at a state of technology where they can actually contact each other is practically zero. Yeah. Maybe it's impossible to travel faster than light. Yeah. Very sad. Sad times. I was saying maybe it's all a simulation. Maybe the computational resources to run two civilizations is too great. Maybe once you invent FTL, they'll just turn the simulation off because it's just too much of a ball ache to keep running. It's going to be like, uh, Dave, sorry, I need your PC to run the universe cluster. Uh, they, they've managed to figure out FTL. It's like, oh, can't you just suspend it? It's like, okay, fine. Hibernate, save your disk. Start again. If they did hibernate the universe, you'd never know. True. Yes. Doesn't make it any better, though. She needs to sandbox escape the universe, you see. That's the thing. Sorry, this got philosophical. I don't want to keep going with this. You don't want to keep going with this? The idea that the universe is a simulation? 
I'm just throwing this out like it's like a no big deal. But if you've never heard of the theory, concept, conjecture that the universe is simulation, this is probably quite a bizarre thing to say. Uh, I'm sure Matrix has made it more mainstream. Yes, that's true. The Matrix probably has made it more of a mainstream idea. Sorry, we've ruined the Matrix for you. Well, I have. Let's, let's be honest here. Mike's not done anything here. Yeah, I'm innocent. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Tingathy. Are you Tingathy or are you Ting Ting? Tingathy. Tingathy. Neither is great, but one is better than the other. Okay. You could just be Ting, I guess. <laughs> so one day, I'm working towards it. Okay. So, this is a book club episode. Red Dead Redemption, part four. The penultimate episode. We're, we're almost there. Almost. I, pu- I put a summary down. You said it was slightly wonky. I agreed with you. But I need your help to rescue it. So to summarise the story so far, or at least the story since the last section that we've played. So we complete the arc to kill off Bill Williamson, which also ends with overthrowing the Mexican army, uh, at least in this province. So DeSanta is killed, Allende is killed, and, well, Bill Williamson is killed. And then we return to the US, and finally the last portion of the map, is it Great Plains? Yep. Is unlocked. So we can finally get to Blackwater, which is civilization, tarmac roads, cars, cinemas. Cars, but barely. But despite having completed our end of the bargain and having killed Bill Williamson, we're told we need to do one more job and we have to kill Dutch as well, who was the leader of the gang. So that's Dutch Vanderlind. So, one more time, we have to hunt down a member of our old gang and kill them. And that's it? I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a shorter segment, I think, than the others. Slightly. Or at least, what can I say? Wacky characters, again. But, yes. But it didn't feel like, I don't know, it didn't feel like we were with them as long as some of the others right at the beginning of the game maybe it's because we've come to the close of the journey and everything is just you know when you go back down it's faster than going up all the mysteries are finally revealed so it's finally finally laid out in black and white well i guess it would already been laid out in black and white i mean marston has been saying oh they've got my wife they've got my son but i kind of thought that they were just at home and they were being watched by the government but no they were just literally in prison it's fairly ridiculous. Anyway, though, let's get to that later. Yes, back to Mexico. Back to Mexico. Oh, yeah. So, the end of the Mexican section. There were quite a few missions, actually, weren't there? Yeah, we start off with Father Abraham. You ride to Louisa to help her out. She pleads for your help, right? Yes. So, her father's been killed by the Mexican army and her and her band of rebels are saying don't let his death be in vain she wants you to blow up a convoy etc the the one comment I had from this is in the cutscene her plea maybe well I've been watching too many movies expected more 
didn't seem very desperate to me. I'm, I didn't really believe her. Yeah, it's a strange one. Well, Louisa's kind of a weird character. I mean, sorry, that's a really vacuous word, but she's, I mean, she's essentially a zealot. I mean, in a way, her father dying seems to be more fuel on the fire. Like, she's not really in mourning. She's very much just like, this just shows how bad the Mexican army is. I want to kill them even more, if that was even possible. She's already just... She'd already committed to her path. Yeah. And it wasn't like she, her path changed because of her father's death. Just gave her more reason to... To rush. continue walking down it. I mean, she's she's just very... She's just completely blinded by race. I mean, because this, this mission is called Father Abraham, isn't it? It's almost not so much about her father as it is about Father Abraham, as in Abraham Ray's. It's just more more excuses to help his cause. And, you know, he doesn't really deserve her. As becomes more and more apparent as we progress through the Mexico storyline. I mean, for, for me, focusing on the gameplay aspects of it, I was expecting it to be a much longer mission. Because for all you saying that you didn't think the the story was very convincing... The story, I think, was actually the most significant part of this mission, strangely, because the actual mission itself was over in, like, 30 seconds. You go and bury some dynamite. There's, like, a unique mechanic of burying dynamite and being able to detonate particular charges of dynamite. And for me, certainly, I mean, I don't know what it was like for you, but the convoy, which is actually really short, like, two carriages, just rode over the dynamite, I blew it up, and the mission ended. I mean, it was over in, you know, less than a minute. You're really good at dynamite placement, then. Clearly. Okay, so yours did not go like this? No, it had stragglers and then they go down and finish them off. Okay. Do all the charges go off at the same time? No, you can point at them and it will just detonate a particular charge. Yeah, so how did you do it? So I just detonated one charge and then the other wagon sort of tried to ride off and I just blew up another charge underneath it. Maybe I was too eager. Maybe I... Maybe you just like spammed the button and just blew them all up in I one didn't, go. I didn't trap the convoy. I just sort of got the front then had to do the middle, then had to do the back. Yeah, it might just be that I coincidentally put the dynamite in a good place. Because obviously, you know, this is the first and only time this mechanic arises in the game. And I just laid the dynamite in one long trail along the road and waited for the convoy to essentially just be completely strung out along the dynamite. For some reason, I put it in the sort of towards the edge of the road. Thinking, where it did absolutely no good. <laughs> well, thinking they would disperse and I would catch them that way. I didn't think them to travel so neatly. Yeah, I, w- I was expecting a much longer convoy. So in the end, I think I only blow up two sticks of dynamite because there are only just two carriages in the convoy, but they give you like seven. I was expecting a massive long convoy and the dynamite only take out the first few and then you have to like do some mad chase to get the rest of it. But no, for me anticlimax i keep saying the word anticlimax or at least i said it several times last time and i think i've written it in the notes several times this time the game a few times i've been expecting it to be a really big thing and has actually turned out to be quite a small thing then again maybe i'm just never satisfied so when it comes to gta games when it comes to heists we need to get you with the dynamite because i'm hopeless we've never finished the gta heist we did the first one didn't we requires two people you know, we did the one that required three, but the next one requires four, I think. And we we're like, oh, we've only got three. And you know what? Sorry, tangent again. I'd really like to delete GTA from my hard drive because it's taking up 
60 gigs. But I keep thinking, oh, maybe one day we'll do the heists. But we need a fourth. We do need a fourth. So next up, Captain DeSanta's downfall. You ride to the cemetery. DeSanta is executing someone. Then you have to chase him down, hogtie him, and then take him back to... I mean, it's a very small area, really. He sees you. He runs away. You catch him, hogtie him, bring him back. There's a cutscene of you beating him up in quite brutal fashion, and it shows his face all being horribly bloodied. But before, before that, though, I put him on my horse. I did some looting. <laughs> have him berate me from the back of my horse, hogtied. Well, you casually looted dozens of bodies, as you do. Because I know that once the cutscene is done, the game will save and there'll be all that loot to pick up. So I, I do it all before the, the autosave. It just makes sense. And then, okay, so like you said, we hit the cutscene. He's there, he's bloodied, and he's com- confronted by you and Razor's men. Yes. And then you're left with a decision to make. Well, you're beating him until he tells you where Escuela is. Oh, yes. And he says, okay, fine, you can find Escuela here. And then you have to decide whether to shoot him or not. So you can shoot him or you can walk away. And if you walk away, raise men or just shoot him instead. And which did you do? Uh, I walked away because I thought it seemed kind of bad to shoot someone when they're all beaten up. But you kind of get berated for not shooting him. But there is no consequence at all. No, there's no consequence one way or the other. But Rays will comment later on. It's like, oh, why didn't you shoot him? You know, he deserved to die. Why didn't you sh- Why didn't you shoot him after all he did to you? But, you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's probably, maybe it's more in character for you to shoot him. I mean, you shoot so many other people without a second thought. But this is just the nature of computer games. You say that. You shoot everyone without a second thought. Actually, you're left with no choice. Because it's kill or be killed. I mean, they're shooting at you, I suppose. Yeah. That's the difference. I'm just thinking of other times when have you had a choice? I, I don't know if you've ever done this, but maybe it's just my poor driving ability. I've just like randomly run into people with my horse and then I've been like, oh, whoops, sorry, mate. And they get up and then they run up to you and pull you off your horse and then try and shoot you. Has this happened to you? No. Yeah, this has happened to me a few times. Why are you hanging around? Why are you hanging around? What What was your intention? Well, I'm just trying to ride somewhere. I, I'm like trying to ride to a waypoint or to a quest or something and you know as you approach sometimes there's just like random bystanders like most recently it's one of the stranger missions in fact we'll get to later on but i was trying to ride to the convent and there's a guy for like the horseshoes minigame just standing there and i just happen to just clip him with my horse and he gets up and then he just abandons his post at the horseshoes minigame and just pulls me off my horse and tries to kill me and then i have to kill him it's like oh i guess i can't play horseshoes now <laughs> is that really the case uh, I think someone else respawns and takes over his spot. So he's disposable anyway. But no, you certainly, you know, you don't really feel bad most time in this game when other people are trying to kill you and you shoot them. Because they're red dots on the radar. Because they're red dots. If they put a red dot on DeSanto, would you have just shot him then? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the government, man. They're programming you to kill. If we make a soundboard, can you can we put that one in? Okay, okay. Or the t-shirt. Or the t-shirt. <laughs> it's the government man that program you to kill. Okay. 
But neither of us has then commented on what happens next, which is you ride to what is a brothel or something where a squirrel allegedly is, and you get ambushed, and then the madam comes out and she's like, yeah, he left here ages ago. He's not been here for weeks. And you were like, DeSanta! But then, you know, you kind of just either killed him or had him killed, so it's not like you can really complain. Anyway, the great Mexican train robbery, Abraham Reyes wants you to steal a train. Or at least to steal the supplies in a train. I was not super keen on this mission at first because it sounded very much like it was an enforced stealth mission. So Raze is like, you need to be quiet. You need to take out the guards without them hearing you. And I'm like, oh, geez. Here's some throwing knives. Yeah. Because often when a game that's not really a stealth game gives you a stealth mission to do, it is garbage. Have you encountered this phenomenon before? Yes, of course. The worst one I can remember is... Do you remember Jedi Knight? Jedi Knight 2? I never played Jedi Knight 2. Because you are a complete badass Jedi reflecting blaster bolts at your lightsaber and throwing it and chopping people in half and stuff. And there's just this one mission where near the end of the game, they just say, oh, you have to sneak through here. And if a guard spots you, it's just game over instantly. And it's just literally like three guards. And you're like, I could just cut you all in half with my lightsaber. Why do I have to sneak through here? This is just not fun. Clearly, marketing just decided they needed a stealth section. So, I thought this was going to be like that. But actually, it was really fun. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've gone all the way to the other side. Yeah. Why? I don't know if it was just a coincidence, but the setting was just right. Like, we rode into town, and it was nighttime, and it started to rain. Like, And so... The sound was all deadened and muffled, and it was exactly the sort of setting you could imagine working for, you know, you managing to stealth in somewhere and no one noticing you because you couldn't hear someone approaching you because of the rain. And the throwing knives were basically an instant takedown. So you got to feel like Solid Snake, essentially. Solid Snake, who doesn't have to worry about getting headshots with his, you know, dart pistol. So you did it in one go, didn't you? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I did it in one go. Suddenly got very good at these GTA-like games. I fail, like, Two or three times. Really? Yes. Okay, maybe that's why I had fun. So if they spot you, is it game over? Yeah, you just have to restart. What? This is garbage. What is this shit? Okay, I didn't realise it was quite that bad. Yeah, I just did it in one go, and so it was amazing. I thought it would just turn out into a gunfight first time round. So I didn't take it very seriously. Wow, so it really is a bullshit enforced stealth section. Yeah. That's disappointing. But there's a safe to crack. You cracked a safe for the first time in the game. Or me? Yeah. Yes. But you've done, you done it before, haven't you? And you lost honour. Yeah. And I thought the same would happen. But it doesn't, because it's part of the mission, I guess. But it's a really good mechanic, which they've not made use of, I thought. Yeah, it's funny, because... Well, I mean, this is a rockstar thing to do, though, to have loads of weird minigames and so many extra mechanics that only show up once. I mean, this is the sort of thing I think people like about the rockstar open world games and it's also the sort of thing i like too like being surprised being pleasantly surprised if you had to crack a safe every five minutes it would just get really annoying but when it just comes up and there's something you weren't expecting that they've put evidently quite a lot of care into it just makes the game feel more complete true they're not milking this mini game for all it's worth yeah that's the difference they're not trying to shove it in your face. Well, I guess they are shoving it in your face. They're like, well, we made this safe cracking thing. We better make sure they experience it at least once. Ugh. But, you know, at least it's not tackily done. So next? 
Gates of El Presidio. Yeah. I remember very little about this mission. You and Abraham Ray's ride in somewhere and kill some people. But this is one where he talks about his position on women. Is that right? Is this one where he's with another woman at the time? Yes, that's right. And you were like, what about Louisa? And you were like, Laura. Laura? <laughs> Poor Louisa. Yeah, and he's like, oh yeah, these peasant girls, whatever. And you're like, but she loves you. And he's like, and? And then it, there's another revealing line where Marston asks Reyes about all the ch- Chinese workers. And he's like, yeah, it's an inferior race. That's different. And like, oh, that's racist. Oh, I'm going to tell. I don't know if I have to do that voice. No, you do. It's the law. Yeah, so Reyes is not a very nice person. But, you know, I did call it right at the beginning. I was like, I bet he's going to turn out to be a real dick. Yeah, he's an egomaniac. I mean, he believes in himself and his own destiny. The weird thing for me is you finally meet Escuela, who, for the entirety of the Mexico section, everyone has been talking about. And you yourself have been talking about how you used to ride in the gang with him and blah, 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 blah. So you meet him. And obviously, Marston as a character has a whole history with him and is talking to him. We, as players, have never seen Escuela before. And so for us, he literally shows up in this one mission and is never seen again. You couldn't describe Escuela to anyone. Well, he's just hes just a terrible Mexican stereotype. I mean, he's wearing a ludicrous hat, isn't he? I mean, he's literally dressed like in the most stereotypical Mexican gunfighter way. And you don't have that backstory, so... Like you said, to us, he's just a name. Well, I mean, he doesn't have a comically overblown Mexican accent, so he's not, like, Irish, for example, or the German, but I don't know. I mean, you're you are pointing a gun at him, and he's trying to convince you not to shoot him, and maybe he's starting to win you over, I don't know, but then he pushes a box on you, because it was all a distraction, and jumps out a window, and you have to catch him or kill him. And what did you do? I caught him. And then? Put him in prison. Same. I think even if you kill him, you just actually put his body in the prison cell. So either way, he winds up in that prison cell. And then there's a big gunfight with a cannon. Oh, amazing. I love these moments of pure... I'm going to make a word, overpowerment. That's not a word. Overpowerment. (laughs) I love those moments where you're just overpowered. They give you these ridiculous weaponry. You know what? The cannon is much more fun than the Gatling gun because they're like, oh, use this Gatling gun. I'm like, oh, please, no, not the Gatling gun. The Gatling gun's just annoying. I mean, the Gatling gun is fun for like 10 seconds. And then you realize it doesn't actually fire that fast. So it's quite easy to just try and sweep it over a load of soldiers and have it shoot either side of them. And thus, it's quite awkward to hit people with the Gatling gun. Whereas the cannon, you point it, at someone, and then they explode. Do you have frame rate issues with the Gatling gun? Yeah, maybe. Because it gets very... I say very... It gets slightly jokey. Makes it harder. Yeah, it's difficult to control. I don't know. But the cannon, yes. I also had fun with the cannon. And then you randomly encounter... Agent Ross and... Is it Fordham? Who's the other guy? Well, anyway, the two agents from Blackwater who originally sent you on this quest. So... They're just waiting at 
the bridge and you bring a squaler to them and you're like, here's a squaler, we're done right. And they say, no, the deal was you have to kill Bill Williamson. But did you agree to do anything with a squaler to them? Like, how come you just delivered them a squaler? And, you know, it's not like they had a mobile phone. How come they knew to pick him up in the first place? But either way, you give a squaler to them. I mean, both of us gave him to them alive. Or I think you can deliver them his body. But it doesn't really change anything. I guess he's just a freebie. You still got to kill Bill Williamson. Yep. An appointed time. Well, this is the end of the Mexico section. This is where we overthrow the Mexican army and Reyes becomes governor, whatever. He gets control of Mexico, at least all the Mexico we can run around in in this game. So... Yeah, I was quite confused because obviously we hadn't killed Allende in the previous mission, but the previous mission also kind of was us riding into a big military base and taking it over. So I kind of thought Reyes had won, but then we ride into town and there's a massive gunfight going on and all these people on both sides just getting shot. Weirdly, you're not hostile to either side, but they're all killing each other. They're just ignoring you. But they're mostly just ignoring you. Like There was definitely a moment where I walked up and there's a bunch of soldiers lining up a bunch of civilians it looks like i mean maybe they're rebels whatever against a wall and then they shoot them and then because i had died when i reloaded my save game i wound up there and the next time i just dead-eyed the soldiers and shot them just because but it didn't make everyone else hostile to me too just you know it was just chaos i guess on both sides but you walk into town and the mission really kicks off when you approach Ray's because Reyes is being beaten by a group of soldiers yep. and held at gunpoint. And sad times, Louisa dies. When Reyes is being threatened, Louisa runs in with a knife. She's like, ah! And the ranking officer there basically just shoots her. And then in the confusion from that moment, Master manages to pull out a gun and then shoot all of them. And then you have to duel the, you know, duel the officer and kill him too. It's a good way for Louisa to die. Fair enough. It's a good way for... Why? Because then she she believed in the love she had. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it neatly writes her out the story without the awkwardness of... You don't need that drama. You don't need that drama? Well, it would have been awkward to have that drama. Yeah, so she dies. And the distraction of her death allows you to save Ray's, essentially. So maybe that's what she would have wanted. Although he really didn't deserve it. Was it really necessary to have the jewel? Yeah, I mean, you totally could have just shot that dude. Yeah. But he's like, let's fight like men, and then you have a duel. Fine. I'll accept that. And, okay, for me, you have to cut Ray's free at this point, because he's been tied up. And I don't know if this happened to you. I think you said that you've never really noticed this, but maybe it's just because we play the game differently. Yes. After cutting him free, it changes your active weapon to the knife which i did not notice the very next thing you have to do is walk into the prison and kill the guards and free raise men so i walk into the prison and the guards all pull out their guns and i pull out my knife and then go huh hang on why am i holding a knife and then get gunned down and killed thanks a lot game well you could just get behind some cover first (laughs) get your hands sorted and then engage but see the red dots on the radar. See the red dots on the radar, pull out your weapon and kill them. But then I brought a knife to a gunfight, so it didn't go so well. As you said, 
you generally don't experience this problem because your first instinct is to run and hide, whereas my first instinct is to murder with great prejudice. Well, and then this is the end for Allende and Williamson. They escape in a carriage. We chase them down. We kill the driver. And Allende pushes Williamson out with a cavalry saber and is like, take him, but let me go free. And then you're just like, nope. And you shoot both of them, basically. Well, I think you're meant to shoot Williamson. And at that point, Rays will shoot Allende. I actually just did. I targeted both. <laughs> I don't know why. It's very bloodthirsty of me. Usually, usually I'm just like, well, with DeSantra, I walked away. But this time, for some reason, I was just like, whatever, man. I'm just going to play this like a computer game. I was actually wondering what would happen because of the whole knife experience just then. I actually did think I should just pull out a knife and try knifing him and see if there's some comment for being like, oh, this is exceptionally bloodthirsty. You didn't just shoot him, you knifed him. But I didn't. Because you get this unnecessary animation when you shoot someone from close range. So you bend their body over your your barrel and you fire that way. Yeah. I wonder if they do the same with a knife. Yeah, I do wonder. But I mean, Williamson's just on the ground and yeah, Yendo's pointing a sword at him. But oh, yeah. either way, they both die. And that's the end of the Mexico section. Reyes is now in charge of Mexico. Well, he's in charge of this province. He eventually yeah. becomes in charge of Mexico. Oh, dear. And then there's the whole thing about, oh, Louisa, she gave her life for you. What? Laura? So he never learns her name. And, yeah, I mean, he's a piece of work. I mean, he does try and convince you to stay in Mexico. But you were like, no, I got what I came here for. I'm getting out of here before anything else crazy happens. And then so it begins the next section and the last area is opened up. So we return to America. Yeah. And go to meet. Well, we have actually fulfilled our obligation at this point. Yes, we have. All we had to do was, well, all we were told to do was kill Bill Williamson. All we were told to do was kill Bill Williamson, at least. At some point I thought Marston, because I believe so much in these things, he was an unreliable narrator or something. And something weird would happen. Yeah, I mean, for all we know, maybe he was actually told, kill your old gang. And he just interpreted that to be, kill Bill Williamson. Maybe that's a really good idea for our own game. Maybe it's already been done, I just haven't played enough games. I'm pretty sure it's already been done. Doesn't mean you can't do it again, but better. So we make our way to Blackwater. Which is quite different to the rest of the game. I mean, it is starting to look like a modern city. The buildings are made of brick. There are street lamps. There are cars. Not many cars. <laughs> yeah, but more than one. It's more than feel, zero. It feels more like a pedestrian zone all over the place, really. Yeah, I mean, it's strange. You can. It's actually just really inconvenient because you're just clopping down the street with your horse. And you're like, where am I going to park my horse? There's nowhere to hitch this horse. You've never hitched your horse. Yeah, it's true. Where It's like, I never hitched my horse anyway. It's true. I just get off it and then summon it with magic later on anyway so turns out the deal's not done because they want us to kill dutch because he's been sighted near blackwater they definitely have my wife and kid yeah they really really do have them i really honestly thought it was just going to be metaphorical they've got them but no they've literally got them incarcerated in prison and we bump into mr west dickens again yeah i was really surprised by that I was really surprised by that. I was not expecting to see him. It's like, I thought you were going to Peking. And he's like, oh, well, you know. And you cut him a deal. You get him freed. Yeah, that's true. 
So, you know, any favours, definitely paid back this time. You know, that's how he's got so far with his life, you can tell. So the name of this mission is Bear Another One's Burden. And it turns out that the, what are they, the US, or Russ, and whoever the other guy is. Agent Ross, and is it Fordham? I just, we should really figure out what these people's names yeah. are. Whatever. They the have two a, agents. They have a spy in... Williamson's gang. Yeah. And they've located him in... The wreck of the Serendipity. It's yeah, like a paddle steamer. So you're sent there to investigate. Obviously it stinks, but you're going anyway. Don't you drive it. with both of them to the wreck of the Serendipity. And made a note of the music as you approach it, and when you... Yeah, as you approach it. I thought it was quite good at the scene setting. I don't know what you thought. Did you make a note of it? I have no recollection of this music at all, unusually. So for once, you're commenting on the music and I have no idea what you're talking about. You have nothing to say about this mission. Yeah, I genuinely have nothing to say about this mission. To me, this mission was just filler, scene setting, I guess. So obviously it's a setup, and then you have to take your mole out and... Take your mole out. He has a name, Ting. Yeah, you have to collect the mole in the gang. You say he has a name. What's his name? Nastas. Oh, damn it, you knew. (laughs) Yeah, I do know. So the other comment I had to make was, on the way back, you're... Well, you actually go by car. So unlike the rest of the missions in the game, you don't ride there on a horse or on even on a carriage, but you literally drive there in a car. And Agent Ross makes some big spiel about how the car is the future and how great it is and how reliable it is and isn't it much better than a horse. And Marston is like, oh, I'll take a horse any day. This car is slow as shit. And then on the way back, as you mentioned, there's no skip to destination button because your car breaks down because it's a POS. And then you have to fight off waves and waves of enemies until you can get the car started again. And then we have to bring Nastas, who's a Native American, and he's the mole, to... What's his name? Professor? So is he actually Professor? I don't know. I just know he's McDougal. McDougal. I don't know. Supposedly an expert in the natives. So you bring him there. Because Ross makes his comment that he just can't communicate with them. I just can't communicate with them. Yeah, because they're all terrible racists. And... McDougal is similarly ridiculous. Would you uh, like to partake of a syringe of cocaine? I've quite enough for two. The next mission, At Home with Dutch, picks up exactly where we left off with Nastas and McDougal. Yep, so you bring Nastas to McDougal's residence. And McDougal, being a good host, offers you a syringe of cocaine. Because I guess that was just what you did back then as well. He's already looking worse for wear, isn't he, at this stage? Yes. He's, he's like, again, he's a ridiculous figure. He's just, you know what? He's wearing trousers that cut off at like the ankle, isn't he? Well, actually, maybe they're shorts. He looks ridiculous. He's very progressive. He's very progressive. He's taking cocaine. He's talking with natives. Oh, my goodness. So he's meant to be researching the natives. Yes. He's an anthropologist. But then he starts with some ridiculous... Well, he says, oh, these natives must be spoken to simply and in metaphors. Oh, oh, Nastas, uh, uh, come on. Uh, come in, sir. Would you like to take off your slippers? 
or skin a rabbit. <clears throat> he's talking just very loudly and slowly. You know, I, I was saying he subscribes to the speak loudly and slowly method of translation. It's like when you're in a foreign country and you see people, you know, they'll say, oh, where's the train station? And the person they're talking to doesn't speak English. And they'll be like, huh? And then they go, where is the train station? See if saying it louder and more slowly is going to make them suddenly understand. And Nastas's comment is that he attended school and grew up in a reservation. So he speaks perfect English. Yeah. As part of this mission, we are going off to do more research, is that right? Or we've located Dutch. Yeah, we are going to spy on Dutch's encampment. So initially I, I wondered why McDougal is joining, but it's all in the name of research. But it didn't sound very safe to me, but hey-ho, let's go. Well, I mean, the three of you have a conversation on the way there because Dutch's base is up in the mountains. Actually, this last area of the game has quite a lot of very varied terrain because there are big empty plains, there's forests, and there's snowy mountains as well. And so you're riding up this cold trail through the forest and snow is falling and so on. And then Nastes is commenting about how the buffalo are all being killed. What does he actually say? I mean, it's something about like a catastrophe, you know, they're going, oh, you know, bring catastrophe upon us. And he's like, oh, catastrophe's already here. You've already destroyed the land, destroyed my people. And McDougall's comment is like, oh, you don't understand, old boy. You know, hunting will make the buffalo stronger. It's evolution. But obviously, we know Nastus was right. Now, with the benefit of hindsight. Though, obviously, this is the way the game is written, too. I mean... Rockstar, for all their seditious and anti-establishment storylines, do have quite a strong like social justice streak as well. So it's definitely written that Nastas is the sympathetic character and McDougal and Ross and Ray's are all insufferable jerk bags. Anyway. McDougal bottles it when he arrives. Well, as soon as you get there, you need to climb up onto a ridge. There is basically kind of like a well, like a kind of cliff face between you and Dutch's base. Yes. And McDougal's like, oh, sorry, it's a two-inch check for me. I'm off. Bye. And he rides away. And then you boost Nastus up onto this kind of wooden palisade. Is that the right word? I don't know. Anyway, it collapses immediately after you've boosted him up and you've got to find another way around. It's a weird navigation puzzle. Climbing and mantling up things, hanging off ledges, whatever. So it's the first time we've had to do this in a long time, actually, I think. Yes, I didn't even know it was within Marston. Didn't know he had disability, really. Just shimmy along ledges and... Yeah, all this, all this nonsense. But the mission ends with you... Well, you, you've got to do another silent takedown, don't you? Or a scout. Wait, did you not encounter the grizzly? Oh, is that here? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was here. The grizzly and the cougar. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you did. I'd forgotten about this. That was that was drama in its own. Actually, a funny story. So what happened to you? What You tell me what happened to you first, and I'll tell you what happened to me. So I heard the bear, saw the bear, and I, I just quickly jumped straight back down. And then I saw that it got trapped because it, it wouldn't run down after me. So I just shot it from a step below. For the bear, at least. Okay. And then? For the cougar, it's a different story. I saw a dead animal, so I had to skin it straight away. And then the cougar ambushed me. 
but you survived. No, I didn't. <laughs> so yeah, and you reloaded, but then you knew it was there. Yeah. Okay. I actually did this in one shot, but out of pure fluke as well, because I knew there was going to be a bear there. I was like, this looks suspicious as hell. Climbed up, saw the bear, dead-eyed it with my rifle. So I got the bolt-action rifle, which is actually pretty powerful. And then, as with you, I was like, oh, there's a carcass, I need to run up and skin it. As I was running up to skin it, I did hear the noise. I was like, I think there's a cougar. But I was like, but skinning an animal? So I pushed the button to skin the animal. And the cougar leapt out at me. But because the animation to skin the animal had already started, I was like, invulnerability frames. And so the cougar was just like, ran up and just like, clawing at my face. But I was invulnerable. And then as soon as the animation ended for the skinning, just activated Deadeye again and just shot it in the face. Oh, see, Deadeye does work. Yeah. My Deadeye instincts are on point. You see, this is sometimes when running away and hiding doesn't help. <laughs> True. So after all that drama, you do reach a... Was, was it a, like a, a like viewpoint? A, or? Yeah, it's like a campsite. There's like a campsite with a scout who's got binoculars. Yep. But it's not very well hidden, if I'm honest. Dutch can see you. Well, you've got overlook of his base. I mean, I guess the idea of that viewpoint is not that it's hidden from their base, because it's supposed to be a lookout for their base. But yes, Dutch sees you and shoots you, and then you are rescued by Nastus. Well, McDougal tries to take credit and then kind of admits that really he just kind of rode along for the ride. And that's it. You're back. Back to Blackwater. The next mission is another one with McDougal. Yes. So, I mean, this is Nastus's last mission. We hardly knew him. Actually, we've written hardly any notes, but I think this is the mission where some of Bill Williamson's gang have agreed to meet you and Nastas and McDougal. Yes. And McDougal is really excited because he's off his face on drugs and he thinks he's going to, I don't know, come to some great understanding of the Native American people. And then Marston asks why on earth they've agreed to meet him. And Nastas sarcastically points out, it's like, well, I think they want to, to know what a man sitting in his hotel room has decided about thousands of years of culture and heritage and the mcdougall's comment is you know he wants to understand more about their culture and he's like and i i wouldn't i wouldn't be so crass to say their culture's worse than ours but you know it's lesser which i thought was oh you know i don't know what to say about that <laughs> you know it speaks for itself anyway sorry so it seems so natural coming from you it just makes it more funny Anyway, McDougal is really looking in bad shape at this stage, by the way. Originally, when I first came across McDougal, I thought, hmm, he's just not well. But really, now he is really off his face, I feel. I don't think I can trust this guy. He's just fueled by drugs. He's literally just running on drugs. And the Indians, when you first come across them, before any gunfight ensues, they blame the white folk for what has happened to them. You know, for their ridiculous garb that they're wearing now. And then there's a... It turns out to be... Obviously, it's not what it was planned to be. And they, they fight you. There's a massive gunfight. You walk into the meeting, and they're all pointing guns at you. And Nasta steps in front and says, Hey, this isn't what we agreed. And they just shoot him in the face. And then 
gunfight ensues. You have to shoot them and then shoot everybody else as well and then escape with McDougal. But escape we do. And finally, McDougal's like, I've had enough of this. I'm going back to Yale. And that's the next mission. Since while he's packing, Dutch shows up and is like, why does he want to kill you? He says, for sport. He's like, why are you doing this? He's like, I don't know, for sport? He's like, would you kindly send out the professor? Good thing you're John, not Jack. No? No? Bioshock, anyone? Okay, anyone. Uh, Okay. So, you escape over the rooftops. You put him on a train. He hugs you, gives you a hundred bucks. That's it. I don't know. Did you have anything else to say about that mission? No. It's funny you should say Jack, because Jack is someone else as well. I know. I know. That's why it's so funny. You see? You did get it. It works on many levels. This is the real guts of this section of the game, this last this last pair of missions. So back with Ross and Fordham. We have the mission and you'll know the truth. So you ride to the offices of the agency in Blackwater and you once again have a go at Ross and Fordham since you're saying, just give me my family back. What more do you want from me? And they say, we need to kill Dutch Vandalin. We did tell you. You're like, I killed Bill Williamson. And it's like, and now we need you to kill Dutch. And then Ross gives a deep and impassioned speech about why you have to kill Dutch Vandalin. Now, I'm not a great intellect, but the metaphysical leap from admiring the flower to shooting a man in the head because he doesn't like the flower is a leap too far. So, I know it's easy. (laughs) You see, we, me and Archer, we're the bad guys. We enforce the rules. Now, while the rules may not be perfect. They're really not so bad. Exactly. What's the alternative? (laughs) See, I'll tell you what the alternative is. It's not complicated. It's about one man and his gun versus another man. (laughs) Sure. Civilization may be dull, but the alternative, Mr. Marston, is hell. And the way you enforce this civilization, this freedom for men to like or not like flowers, or whatever in God's name you were just talking about, is to kidnap a man's wife and son? Well, I know there's contradictions. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) As I said, I'm not a great intellect. Now... After the debacle with the army and the bank, we have to put Mr. Vanderlyn to rest ourselves. Will you help us? Do I have any choice? Now that you mention it, no. Then what was that pretty speech in aid of? I don't rightly know, but it sure felt good saying it. <laughs> Did you just particularly find this funny? The last line where he's... Love this line. Where he's... 
he said, oh, he's, he's put together this beautiful, I say beautiful. <laughs> this long. Impassioned speech, as you say, which is true. Martin challenges him and asks, do I have any choice? Yeah, and what is, was, was that speech in aid of? And Ross just undermines the whole speech. He just felt, it just felt good saying it was what he said. I mean, motivation wise, I mean, I, d- I don't know, you never know how much to read into this sort of thing. I was not frustrated by that motivation wise. I found it funny. I mean, obviously it's meant to be funny. It's a rock star game. Because my view is that Ross already has you under, he already has power over you, so he, he can joke about it. That's how I feel. I don't know. I mean, the thing, the interesting thing to think about, I mean, I don't, I assume they did think about this sort of thing because Rockstar generally is quite complete about this sort of stuff. What is Ross's motivation for wanting to kill Dutch Vanderlind? Because your motivation is that Ross is your family. But why is Ross trying to kill Dutch Vanderlind? Does he really care about the stability of the region? Or is it just an excuse for more toys? Because he's very proud to show off his, what, truck with a Gatling gun on the back. I share your view. I don't know why Ross wants this so much to put my wife and son in this position. So Gatling gun on the back of a car. Although I wasn't sure if it was a Gatling gun. Well, some kind of automatic machine gun on the back of a car. Yeah, I mean, what makes it a Gatling gun? I don't know. You're not having to crank a handle for this one, are you? Exactly. So, the story of this mission, they've laid a trap for Dutch. They've put out a story that there's a great deal of weapons and supplies at this army camp, and they're pretty sure he's going to attack it, and you're going to ambush him with your newfangled new weaponry. And you do, and you kill off a great chunk of his gang, and then somehow it ends with the truck being flipped over and you crawl out and it segues immediately into the final mission of the section, which is, and the truth will set you free. Did you have any particular thoughts about, and the truth will set you free? I don't, but you may trigger something. So go ahead. I mean, my recollection of it is that it's just a chase between you and Dutch and you're running through a bunch of caverns and you eventually end up on, what would you call it? A ledge? Yes. High above the camp. And I don't know if it's better or worse. Well, I suppose in a way it is more closure, but again, it felt slightly anticlimactic. I don't know. I don't know what I'm expecting. I don't know what would give me, you know, what I'm expecting from this game, but you don't fight him as such. You know, I mean, I, I complained about one of them because it was just a fight with no villain monologuing. And this one is villain monologuing without a fight. And you get to learn more about what makes Dutch tick. Which is to say, he just fights. He just fights everything and anything. But the one thing he can't fight is himself, his own nature. And the world is changing around him and he just doesn't fit anymore. But he can't do anything about it. And he knows he's cornered. And he just jumps off. So you don't kill Dutch Vandalin. Dutch Vandalin kills himself. And given what he has said and that closing moment, it makes sense. He has to kill himself. I did think it was nice and I thought it was poetic. But it didn't give me the closure I was expecting. 
No, it was probably better this way. Because the game is not finished yet. It's true, the game is not finished yet. There's a good final cutscene with Ross and you over Dutch's body as well. And he says, you know, did you shoot him? And you're like, you just give him a look. And he's like, so you couldn't even pull the trigger. And he says, you know, give me your gun. And you give him your gun. And then he shoots Dutch's body with your gun. It's like, it'll look better this way in the report. And you say, can I have my family back? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry to say your wife Abigail was killed in a prison riot two weeks ago. Lol joke. She's fine. She's back at the ranch. And you're like, what the hell, man? He's like, that's not cool. Did you go to the ranch at any point before this? Yes. Yes. Actually, well, I say yes. I rode past it. I didn't try going in. Is there anyone, is there anyone there? I don't know. No, me neither. I just, I don't think there's anyone there. But now I'm thinking about it. Maybe uncle is there or something. I don't know. I, I rode through it, but I didn't see anyone there. Sorry. We don't need to know. We're not meant to know everything. Well, the thing is, you're not really meant to know it's your ranch at this point in the game either. It's only after you complete this. Cue music. You're free. Is there real music again? You know what? I think there's real music, but I'm not sure. It definitely seemed different, but I didn't notice any lyrics this time. But anyway, I mean, that's the end of this section. And then effectively, it's all, what, epilogue from here? Well, it's not really epilogue in a sense, but it feels like it. The whole objective of the game up to this point has been kill Dutch Vanderlind. And in many other games, this would be it. We've achieved what was allegedly our mission. And now it's the happily ever after. But... Now we get to see the messy, you know, reality. The messy reality? Well, we know what happens after the credits roll, although the credits haven't rolled yet. Yeah. But we've we've got our family back. You know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I obviously couldn't just stop it here. I immediately rode back to the ranch and triggered the next set of missions. Because that's what it tells you to, like, go home. Yeah, go home. I mean, it's your reward. It's the payoff. I mean, this is this is it. I mean, the thing is, Apart from the fact that we obviously, as we said right at the very beginning of this playthrough, we've been spoiled in that we know how it really ends. If you are playing this for the first time with no spoilers, you might well think that you ride back to the ranch and the credits are going to roll. Yes. But they don't. Anyway, that's for next time. So, Strangers and Encounters. You did some catching up. I was saying, I don't know whether it's just because I tried to do less fast traveling this time or whether it's just that you had played ahead last time but i basically have done most of the strangers you mentioned in the previous section so poppycock where you have to deliver the package and the guy gives you a thousand dollars and i was thinking wait what the what the hell is in this package is it opium or something especially with the name poppycock i thought oh poppy opium poppy and then you deliver it back to the dude and it is opium. And he's like, oh, I don't know if you're just naive or an idiot. <laughs> but you can be naughty. So that's why I wanted to ask you about Poppycock. It really gives you a choice. Well, it gives you the choice of either giving him the money or not giving him the money. But I decided I wanted to have my cake and eat it. So I gave him the money. And then he's like, pleasure doing business with you. Walks outside. And then I put on my bandana... And pulled out my gun. 
And then I didn't shoot him, but I did point my gun at him. And then he shot me. And then because he shot me in front of the law, all the lawmen pulled out their guns and shot him. And then I just helped myself to the thousand dollars on his body. And the, the money was there on his body. The money's there on his body. Amazing game. Conservation of money. It just didn't magically disappear into the ether. I think this happens quite a lot in this game. I think any mission where you give anyone a significant amount of money, if you kill them, you can just take the money back off their body. And because you're wearing the bandana, you didn't lose any honour. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I didn't actually shoot him, so I probably wouldn't have lost any honour even if I hadn't been wearing the bandana. But yeah, I was being super cautious. I think you may do for just threatening someone. Oh, really? Okay, well, whatever. I was wearing the bandana anyway. Yeah, and I found a new kind of mini game, arm wrestling. I didn't even realise this existed. Did you play? I did play. Did you win? Of course I won. <laughs> no, I, I lost a few times. I won a few times too. Did you come across a stranger mission called American Lobbyist? This is the one with the blackmail. Yes. And you had to keep the blackmail photo. Do you notice this? It's just new infantry. Is it Nate Johnson or something? He's like, Nate Johnson is a criminal. And then you show him the picture. He's like, Nate Johnson is a fine, upstanding citizen. And I'm proud to call him my friend. Yes. Dialogue was very cool. I like how the character turned very quickly. Just... It was very funny how he's like practically mid-sentence. And you show him the picture and he just immediately flip-flops. I'm just surprised how I just had to run down the road for this one. I don't. Easy yeah. wins are a good thing. It was a nice and easy one. I didn't do the prohibitionist. I'll wait for you. Yeah, maybe for next time. The most interesting one was a wronged woman, which you did. Yes. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. Yeah, we got played, man. <laughs> Properly played. Yeah, I was genuinely not expecting this. So there's a pregnant woman crying in a church and she says oh this guy he got me pregnant and then he threw me out the house but i was his maid is that right or their maid uh i or think mistress governess like governess wasn't it she's like the tutor oh yes sorry anyway she tells you he's in a bar and she wants you to shake him down for some money so she can start a new life with her and her baby so you go to the bar and you bring it up with him, and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Expected. Not surprising. And you're like, you're lying, mate. And you keep having a go at him, and eventually he's just like, fine, let's settle this. And you have a duel. And Obviously. Of course you win and you kill him, because that's just how the game works. And you take a few hundred dollars off his body, and you give them to her, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I had to kill him. And she's like, oh no, I'm so sad. And then a few days later, you go to the cemetery and his wife is there and she talks about how he was a good man and how the woman you helped was at his funeral laughing. You got played, man. She was a con artist. And there's nothing you can do. You can't find her. You can't track her down. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. I mean, well, I mean, there are two ways to interpret it. I mean, one way is that he really was lying and his wife is deluded. But I think more likely it's just that she was a really good con artist and you've totally been played for a fool. And now a man is dead. I was so frustrated I looked it up. We were definitely played. <laughs> as far as the internet is concerned. Well, the internet's judgment is that she's a... Yeah, she's a con artist. Eva in Peril. You mentioned it last time. 
I finished it off. I mean, what else to say? My, my main comment about this was knocking over the horseshoe guy and having to <laughs> kill him. But then, well, to summarize this mission very briefly, Eva, this woman, is being beaten by is it Mario. Not a nice man. He demands 200 bucks to buy her out, set her free. So you give him the money. She goes to a convent. You go to the convent a few days later and they're like, oh, well, no, she's not here anymore. Her friend came to collect her. And you're like, oh, really? And then you find her friend, who's this chap again, and he's digging up her body. Is he digging up or is he burying her? I mean, either way, she's dead. So, sad ending. And you have to kill him. And at least you get the money back. But, yeah, sad. That was a sad one, yes. I don't know why I went with Donald Trump for a moment. It's like, oh, sad times. <laughs> it's the saddest. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. A couple more. Daedalus and Son. I didn't do it, but I found it. Again, I think you mentioned it last time, didn't you? Yeah, but I said I couldn't progress because I needed to find some beaver fur. And I guess they only spawn in this last area we've just unlocked? Yes. Okay. I mean, my main comment about this one was I rode up, it was sunset, it was an amazing vista in front of you because, you know, it's on the edge of a cliff with this partially constructed plane. And I was thinking, wow, if there was a screenshot function in this game, I would take a screenshot right now. I did actually take out my phone and take a picture of the screen just to remember, oh, this is a nice moment. I should mention that there was a nice moment in the game. But yeah, sadly, no screenshot function. More interestingly is the next one. I know you. Because you have an idea about this and I've... I don't know what's going on still. Yeah, I mean, this mission... There's several sections to the Stranger mission. I think... There's essentially one section in each of the major sections of the game. So there's one in the original US and there's one in Mexico. And now there's one in the final section we've unlocked. And each time he gives you what, like a moral kind of judgment. So the first one, you can either convince a man to cheat on his wife or convince him not to cheat on his wife. And the second one, you can either give a nun some money or you can hold her up at gunpoint and take the money. And then the final one, he talks to you about, because the thing is, he knows you. You know, he's like, I know you, John Marston. And he's talking about things you've done and people that you've killed. And he comments, you know, strange that, you know, for me, certainly, I convinced him not to cheat on his wife and I gave the nun money because I was feeling moralistic. Well, I generally play games in a nice way. I don't know why. He comments how it's strange that how readily I'll kill a man and yet I'll do these good things too. And he's obviously getting under John Marston's skin. And in a cutscene that you have no control of, John Marston literally pulls out a gun and threatens him and says, you know, tell me, who are you? And eventually shoots him, but the bullets do nothing. And then he disappears. And this final meeting with him is overlooking your farm. So my theory, what is that it's, it's foreshadowing that he's death. Or some embodiment of judgment. Okay. I've not thought about it. All I know is he's a character I've managed to shoot through, so I may encounter him again, hopefully. I I mean, well, this last encounter where you shoot him, you know, it says, I know you complete, so this mission is over. Tell me more. 
There's nothing more to tell. Feels unsatisfied. Yeah, well, I mean, it is a strange one without closure, but I think I think that's it. I mean, again, knowing what we do about how it ends, I think it's foreshadowing. We have a few more other items which we should sort of whistle through. I, I mentioned that for the Master Hunter mission, you have to collect coyote pelts. Yeah, I think rank two of Master Hunter, you have to kill a certain number of coyotes before they damage you. Oh, I just have to kill them or have to skin them. Or maybe you have to kill them and skin them, but you have to do it without taking damage from them. Yeah, so I, during this endeavour, I killed a dog. I lost 50 honour. Out of sheer desperation, I'm sorry. Dog lovers out there. You can't tell the difference between a dog and a coyote. You'd say that, but you had problems already with the <laughs> you could, animals. Because you couldn't tell the difference between a wolf and a cougar. <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't be surprised. I actually had to do Master Hunter Rank 3. I commented last time that I'd just given up on this out of frustration too, because I was like, I've killed so many wolves, man, and now you give me the mission to kill wolves after I've just killed a dozen wolves. But I encountered another pack of wolves, and to complete Master Hunter Rank 3, you actually have to kill them with a knife. So I did actually successfully manage to take on an entire pack of wolves with a knife. But I was just literally like, killing one and then chugging medicine and then killing another one and then chugging medicine mission complete so yeah i'm on the next rank of master hunter which requires me to kill a boar or some boars i don't know i haven't even found a boar yet so no if i i mean what's quite annoying is that i think after i do the next rank i have to kill a bear and a cougar and it's like i just did that man so you know the frustration is still there i don't expect to actually finish it but if I happen to see a boar, you know, if, if I happen to be in a position to complete them, I'll do them. But I'm not going out my way to do them. I mentioned that people calling out my name. Yeah, I, I try to remember exactly when it happened. But at some point, I reached a new level of fame. So gunslinger unlocked. And you can steal horses now and not get into trouble for it. And at that point as well, people are like, ooh, that's John Marston. You know, people know who you are. Pretty cool. Surprising, therefore cool. Other funny stuff. I don't know. I mean, I think my Xbox is dying. You almost gave up. Oh, man. Well, it, it's... There was one point... When, when I was trying to do these last few missions, it would literally hard lock randomly. I mean, there were a few times when it would do it, like, multiple times an hour. And other times when I managed to play uninterrupted for, like, a couple of hours, and it was fine. But yeah, it was quite worrying because it would literally like stop and like make a horrible screeching sound because like, you know, it's analog sound, okay, you know, but weird stuff happened. You know, it's probably unrelated to the Xbox dying. It's probably just weird coding issues anyway, because I don't think it's the most reliable game, or at least with the physics. So one time I called my horse and it's galloping towards me and then its hoof seemed to catch in the landscape for a second. And then it just flopped down dead, like just immediately like ragdoll dead. And I was like, no. How many horses I've gone through in this playthrough? So many. The horse body count must be in the double digits. <laughs> and then, yeah, what else? More random stuff. I watched a movie in Blackwater. Relatively amusing. I don't know. It was about women's suffrage and how it was a great evil and it was your patriotic duty to try and prevent it. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. I mean, it was, you know, it's interesting to think. This game is actually not set that long ago. Yes. I mean, the world is a terrible place. 
How much was the movie ticket? Oh, I don't know. I'm rich. After I stole that thousand dollars. <laughs> like five bucks, maybe. I don't know. It was inconsequential compared to my great wealth from drug money. Yeah. And then like, I guess my final comment was about the newspaper. I'm really enjoying the newspapers. They're just really funny. They're just so funny because they're obviously documenting your escapades. So, I mean, I think the most recent newspaper I read basically says that race is actually taking control of all of Mexico now. So there's nice backstory stuff like that. And then also there's just really comical. The adverts are just complete piss taking. Like they're all like terrible double entendres and puns. So there was like, one about like heavy clam juice and there's another one about the finger blaster zither and you can entertain your family with your fast lap fingering. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and then lots of terrible social commentary like talking about the great social progress because there were only 127 lynchings this year or the great danger posed by automobiles because, you know, travelling at more than 20 miles per hour is unsafe for children and elderly. And that's all I had to say. Any final thoughts from you? No, I should pick up a paper. (laughs) You should pick up the paper. It's hilarious. It's full of fake news. That, that, that's the funny... Oh, no comment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, next checkpoint. So, the last checkpoint. Finish the game. Play till the credits roll. One more thing I think we should mention is that it's the Steam sale right now. And the next book club game is going to be sleeping dogs so if you did want to play along now might be a good time to buy sleeping dogs because it's 80 percent off in the steam sale we were lost levels club we still are lost levels club please rate and subscribe to us on itunes please 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 you can find us on email mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club on twitter at lost levels club on reddit slash r slash lost levels club on YouTube. Link in the show notes. That's it. That's it. You're always grateful nowadays. I'm grateful I get to make disdainful faces at Ting. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> so Michael says bye. Bye bye. <laughs>